When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the Cardiff City podcast brought to you by Wales Online in association with Giovanni's. Another home win for Cardiff City, four out of five for them in front of their own fans. The uh, question is whether their away form can continue or can improve, sorry, and we're going to be talking about that as lo- along with the Southampton win and looking ahead to the trip to Watford. I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Nathan Blake. Good afternoon, Dominique. And uh, Ian Mitchell was standing in for the poorly Paul Abandonato uh, once again. Yep, sending him our well wishes. Good afternoon, all. And uh, yeah, Paul unable to express himself, which is a surprise to us all at the moment. Let's uh, start, though, Nathan, with Southampton. Another one where Cardiff gro- ground out a win at home. Mm. Big atmosphere, big performance. How impressed were you? Um, I, well, impressed with the result, obviously. Um, and just the way they outfought, really, uh, Southampton. Uh, it's becoming, you know, almost habitual. I think the difference between the start of the season um, and last season was the things they had done last season very well to get them into the Premier League. Uh, they were a bit naive in their approach at the start of the season where I find they seem to have got the grips with things a bit better. Um, but make no bones about it, you know, Southampton weren't a... There were no great shakes, were there they? There were no great shakes, but you can only beat what's in front of you at the end of the day and um, and with a new manager we expected that to have an impact Cardiff weathered yeah, that storm yeah they seem very much the same though Southampton they yeah. seem like he'd had little or no impact or hadn't had them in train or anything like that because they they seemed to press in in part but not really um, all over the park so they were a bit disjointed but look it was a it was a great win for Cardiff City and um, I think I think I can't really speak highly enough of the fans. I think the uh, the atmosphere that's being generated is probably taking a few people by surprise. Yeah. If I'm totally yeah. honest, um, because I overhear people in the press room saying, you know, uh, thirty thousand and what a noise. And uh, like I say, whenever I commentate and I'm at the game, it just it makes my hair stand on end. It's it's that impressive. Like. And they seem to lift it at the exact right moment every game that Neil Warnock said. They just yeah, seem they to push, lift it. They push. They actually, that's understanding football and understanding your team. Yeah, and, when it's know, needed. And when it's needed. And they understand that they're needed more this season than perhaps, you know, any more that, more this season than any other in the past decade. So, uh, you know, it's, um, it's a beautiful thing to hear, man. It really is. What's been the secret, do you think, into this home form? Four wins out of five now, and 
I think all those wins deserved from, from what I can recall. What's been the secret? Is it just the fans or is it the way Cardiff's setting up? I think Nathan summed it up a lot there with, you know, the fans have more than played their part and even when things weren't going well, they stuck by them and, and that's been so important because was it eight games they went without a win until they got that first one against Fulham and fans could have lost faith, they could have stopped coming and that that's going to have a massive effect on morale as well. So confidence is, you know, it might have been knocked but it stayed there and once they got that first win it's, it seems to have snowballed. I think they're playing with a lot more confidence as well. You know, they, they are taking the game two teams a little bit more than they were at the start. You know, they're still not, you know, they're not going to see sixty-seven percent of the ball, but they're seeing more than they were. And there is that. There's a good collective press as well. And once the fans get on the back, it's it's so much easier for them to do. So the fans, you know, even the, the five-nil against Man City, you know, they were singing after the fifth goal and. I remember the funny you mentioned the the press room Nathan the the you know fans talking about it on match of the day saying Cardiff fans are incredible you know fans from other clubs as well so it's it seems to have just had a snowball effect and you know they're really building some momentum at home now aren't they yeah we've we've had a go at Neil Warnock or we've not had a go we we've sort of criticised Neil Warnock so let's just let's just enjoy it you know when he says let's just enjoy it we're yeah. just here for the ride we've we've both sort of questioned that as a mentality mm. but that's been something the fans have taken on board and. Determined to just enjoy it and support their team, well, I, come I, what may. I, I think it's it's in a way it's. I don't know what Neil was saying. It was to relieve any sort of pressure or expectation of the players, and which would allow them to go and perform. But like we said, for seven or eight games, it, it it just wasn't working, and so you had to get to the point where you had to say, for me, look, we're gonna have a go at this, and that's kind of has been his mantra over the last couple. See, they now believe they can, they can. We can stay in here. Mm. There's probably six or seven teams around the bottom who were in that league, and we're as good, if not better, or than three or four of them. So, if you understand, the mantra has changed. What's coming out of Neil's mouth has changed because, like I said, he, he he does believe they can stay in this league. So, I understand why you were saying it, but I was like, you know, I didn't want to. That sort of rhetoric I, I thought was you know making life easier then you know for the players and you know it's a tough league it's, it's you know listen it's not tough as in I get up at five o'clock in the morning and I write to work work tough but it's a tough job yeah. you know what I mean expectation is huge you know you've got 30,000 fans behind you who are wanting you to win and succeed so I understand it, but I'm just glad that the rhetoric has changed to now there's... Because if you don't really believe it, how do you expect you know 30,000 fans to come and believe you're going to stay up and, yeah. and really try and push you over the line? So it's almost like the fans and the atmosphere have made them... And it's growing week on week Yeah, well, yeah. Now the players, you can see there's far more belief, uh, far more aggression, you know... They're not fooling. They're not falling for you know the little tricks and things like that, which were going on earlier on in the season. They're matching people, you know, blow for blow now. I was going to say there seems to be a an improved level of maybe intelligence in what Cardiff are trying to do, and a bit of a bit of a nous that's come in. I think against Southampton, it was nil nil for a long time, but you you sort of knew they would get they the were goal. Gonna, they were going to get a goal, mm. yeah, and it came through Callum Patterson, who we should probably talk about uh, mm. as well. Uh, Ian, you and I have sort of followed him, followed his progress, did a little bit of research about his time at Hearts, a right back, now turned into a striker, but 
Um, I was speaking to John McGlynn, who actually for a piece, who was his manager at Hearts, and he he saw him at 17, didn't think he was a right back then. So obviously Neil Warnock has, has thought the same. Both thought that he could be a striker, and and here he is. Yeah, didn't he play as a striker at youth level as well? I think. Yeah. I, I can't remember what age he was, but he played in about every position on the pitch actually, yeah. which maybe is helping him now that versatility. Yeah, and I mean that that type of. Uh, I, I suppose it's a lot of it's just down to simple pure effort and blood and guts but you know, you, you could throw him anywhere and he'll, he'll, he'll do a job but putting him in that role it's, it's such a you know, we spoke about it last week as well the demands on him to do that job but you know it's, it's come from his own effort to put the pressure on the defender and the, on the weekend and he's, he's ended up you know, he's, he's scuffed it and he's gone in but that's that's the type of luck he's made himself to be in that position in the first place So, but in terms of his, his versatility I mean we've seen him play uh, I think it was the last two Nations League games with Scotland. He played it right back there, and he said himself, "It's not his preferred position. He p- prefers being more advanced." So he's obviously happier playing higher up the pitch, and it's sort of showing with his performances in the last few weeks. Just boundless enthusiasm as well. He seems to capture the imagination of the fans, uh, Nathan, with celebrations and everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, celebrations. And you know, I don't think many people who score goals know what their celebration is until they watch it back on TV because <laughs> you just lose your mind. But, um, you know, I think I have to pay him massive credit because, and I don't care what anyone says, they'll say, oh, you said he's not a striker. I still maintain he's not a striker. He can play up front. Yeah. Right? But he's not a striker, you know. Um, But his endeavour and his work rate, and I think what I like as well, he's now chomping at other people when they don't take a shot on or they don't cross the ball or whatever because he... I know he's a moany character, I can just tell that from the outside. He's vocal, isn't he? Yeah. He, he's moany, I can tell, I can tell. Um, because I was very moany on the pitch. So uh, well, You played every position as well. I did, I did. So you know where he's coming so from. So I know like. exactly where he's coming from. But, you know, like Ian mentioned there, playing up front on your own, I'm telling you now, that is no great shakes. That is a very, very difficult thing to do. Especially when you're not an out-and-out striker then. You're not built for that position. And there's only certain people who are built to play up front on their own. But, um, you know, I just give him huge credit. And he's getting everything that he deserves. I, I love the fact that he's getting goals. Because, like I said, the amount of effort and work he puts in, um, it's deserved, well deserved. And I think there's there's probably a few players who could look at him and, and, and take a leaf, really, um, at what he's achieving for actually not being your out and out position I won't say natural position because he doesn't seem to have a natural position no he's where you want he to was put him, yeah. well I thought he, I still think if you've got a big number 9 who can run and fight and get you a couple of goals I'd still I'd still he'd be my my first number 10 um, it'd be him or Camarasa do you know what I mean um, and you might have to sacrifice Camarasa to the right hand side or something like that if you wanted to fit them both in and then fit someone else in but you know, playing up front in that position as a number ten last season, coming in and finishing, I think, top scorer. Yeah, last last season he was the top league scorer. Yeah. As a number ten, arriving late, so we can do that. He's obviously got great battling qualities. Holds up the ball well, good in the air. You know, he'll fight a, a lion. He's learning so, on the job as well, almost like Cardiff. Right? Yeah, you know, he, he's yeah, growing into yeah, it. yeah. So that's <laughs> the other strikers want to watch out because they won't get back in. You know, you know, he is. You know head and shoulders above any of the strikers there at the moment and the way Neil Warnock talks about him just just reinforces that doesn't it he is and, and, I, and I, I think you know I, 
you you want competition though. You want like the Reeds and the Zahors to be putting pressure on him. How they train on a daily, daily when they get on the pitch, twenty minutes, half hour. Can they get a goal? Can they provide a goal? Can they create havoc? So, you know, but but it probably says a lot that Warnock's probably now looking to the transfer market for another striker rather than looking at a as a whore or a Medine. You know, he, no, he has to. I just don't think you can carry those players anymore. And you I can't think just it gets rely to on Patterson as good as he's been. Well, you? you're looking at five months by the end of this month since the start of the season. You can't. How much time do you want to give someone to adjust or to come to the party? Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, when you, you know, when Neil come to the club, there was dead wood. You have to cut it away. You have to get rid, bring in fresh faces. You know, upgrade the squad. Hopefully, that's exactly what he done. Well, when so a, when it, a manager doesn't perform, they they they, 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 they get rid of him. And, so and you know, the same with the player, uh, I guess. And, and like I said, it's not like it's been a month or two. You know, it's been a long time. You know, in trying to get a, a, a striker and Callum without being a natural out and out striker has made it made that position his own and I you know I applaud him simple as that Ian how do you think it will affect the January transfer search because Cardiff been linked with their non-striker Emiliano Salah I'm not sure that I think that's a googly when have you ever known Neil Warnock to publicly air his business I think he's kind of done you a bit there Dom if I'm totally honest he's done me on several occasions (laughs) so just be careful (laughs) with that one because I'm looking at the and I'm looking at the, the boy uh, I think he got 13 goals in all comps this season. 6-3, big lad, would fit the bill. But I know he also said that he was there was one or two others he might have been looking at in that game. He, yeah, he is looking so, at other players. And I don't think he was... I think that he might be interested, but I'm just saying it might be a bit of a smokescreen because he, he would never reveal that early. Now, would no, you? That's, it's because it alerts, well, alerts, nice. alerts yeah. the likes of Newcastle and whatever, whatever, who can blow you out of the water wage wise. And he's experienced enough to know. I think he might have chucked that as a bit of a um, lead you down the gap. Well, if he's done those, he's also he's done the BBC <laughs> and Daily Mail and whoever else. Very funny you say that because a fan suggested the exact same thing as I was looking on social media about half an hour ago. So, all oh, right, about what. The exact same that it was, it was a, a smoke screen. It's a curveball. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I think it might be a curveball. Warnock does you know, like to, to play the... Mm. He, he said, we'll see, because there's, there's the, what, three weeks to go until the window. But, mm. I mean, well, he said something about, oh, you know, it's more fun if you flirt with the media when it comes to transfers and stuff like this. Yeah. So he, he's playing a clever game. Yeah, yeah. But um, I was going to say, that, though, um, Ian, regardless, they are, they are bringing in a striker of some of some sort. We don't know who That's yet. That's the hope, yeah. How does that affect... What Patterson's doing? Does Patterson become second choice? Do you repurpose him as Blake? You said back into the number ten role. How do you see that that playing out? Yeah, it was interesting. We we saw him quite a lot in the number ten role towards the well in the second half of last season. Obviously, he missed the first couple of months with his injury that he that he suffered at Hearts before signing. Um, and I thought that was his where he's most effective, arriving late in the box as well. And he ended up scoring. I think it was. 10 championship goals and a lot of them came from arriving late in the box so I prefer him higher up I prefer, I prefer him as a number 9 than a number 10 personally because I think of his bulk and his aerial well, ability and I want someone a bit more technical in a number 10 role that's fair enough if we're talking about them having him as a striker then he can't carry on there can he so, well or you, you you know you 
like Blakey says, you're going to need options. You're going to need backups. Yeah. You need to rotate. Your, I think the problem. I think the problem it gives you, and it's a great problem to have. If you bring in a number nine, you've got Patterson, Camarasa, Arter, and Gunnarsson vying for three spots effectively. Mm. That's you, exciting, isn't it? it is. That's what you need. That's chuck what you in want. Reed into the mix as well, and, and Reed, yeah, yeah, I would chuck in that in that mix. So you know, that that's an exciting prospect. I think the uh, the, the 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 main problem for me is there's not enough coming from full-backs. And don't shout me down, because I, <laughs> I think Bruno has been out of this world. I really do. I thought he was excellent again the other night. He was, yeah. He is, he is. And, you know, I've said, I would, I think, right back, we're severely lacking, because Bruno, in a three, when I watched against Wolves... Uh, it was against Wolves they played yeah, the back they played three, three yeah. and, and Victor kept going across which left him with no one to pass the ball to in a, a more of a traditional four, say 4-4-2 four, four, or 4-5-1 four, when there is a winger there he has got forward and, and created goals but he's not natural and I would love to see him alongside Bamba no disrespect to Morrison I would just love to see him alongside Bamba because I think his, his speed, his pace against Costa at Wolves. Costa tried to run him right from the get-go and he kept pace with him, kept the ball. And in the end, he didn't get a penny out of him, spare change-wise, Costa. He was brilliant. And he was brilliant again the other night. So, And you wonder, you know, like you say... I'd love to see a proper... He, 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 he could be... be. be. I, I think he could be more commanding, especially against some, with someone like Saul who's got that leadership quality, that organisational skill. Uh, Bruno's is, a bit of a quieter character, which is he? huge. But he's he's more. You know, I wouldn't. He's probably a bit quicker than Sol. Sol's Sol the motor when he gets going. But I think Bruno's a bit quicker over that first 10, 15 meters. Brilliant in the air. Yes, he can play with the ball, and he, he's cut out those those risks he used to take from time to time. Yeah. So. I just uh, and at the end of the day it's all about trying to make it stronger and this is trying to make the team stronger in my opinion that would you know get bringing in a right back who can got to be able to defend though but got to enjoy getting forward looks to get forward at, at every opportunity and I still think we need the same left back and I said to you Dom I would go and see Leighton Baines sitting on the Everton bench every week what a great professional he would be bringing in even on loan till the end of the season you know, that professionalism, that sort of high-calibre player, it rubs off on other players, you know. Should I give a shout that? Uh, Harsh on Joe that. Bennett, though, I think was superb against Southampton. I think he was good, uh, <laughs> but I think between uh, Bennett and Cunningham, um, you need to see a bit more attack. Mm. You, you, you need more an attack for me. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I thought he was brilliant, yeah. Good stuff, right? Let's have a quick break and then we'll uh, discuss the difference between Cardiff City's home and away form. You're listening to Blakey's Boot Room from Wales Online. So my question for you in the debate this week is, why is there such a disparity between Cardiff City's home and away performances now let's look at the team selection against Southampton where uh, my man Joe Rowles was left out. Harry Arter and Gunnarsson played um, as a two with Victor Camarata ahead like you've been suggesting, Nathan. Mm. Was that 
the reason for the improvement for the more attacking performance against Southampton? I think it has to be. Yeah. I think what what I think what's obvious, um, and I just mentioned Victor going across in the Wolves game, was he, he doesn't want to be out wing wise. He's not a winger. He hasn't got that pace. What he's got is skill, a lot of skill, and guile. He's a very, very talented person, and I just think that creativity is uh, is needed so much. I think Arda, what Arda gives you is he was that sensational against Southampton. Tough tackling, pressing, makes other people press with him, sets the agenda, sort of thing. Gunnarsson, he'll go with you all day. He's a warrior, and then they've got. Like Camarasa, who's different to both of them, who can do something a bit different. They can unlock a, unlock the door. So um, I felt a bit for Rawls, but it was suggested it was because of the penalty miss. Listen, I very much doubt a player I ever come across has ever dropped for a penalty miss. It wasn't just that, was it? it, it was, well, I don't think it was anything to do with that, to no. be honest with you. I just think it's a selection of players which you think is you know you're going to get more out of that's how you think as a manager you're not thinking like oh well last game he didn't run far enough so I'm dropping him or he didn't win a header that'd be pretty pathetic so um, you know you've got to feel a bit for Joe but you want that strength that power that guile the tenacity and also that skill, and I think those three give you the best option. A good complement to each other, aren't they? Mm. Nathan touched on it there with the, you know, the, and, and yourself saying with the, the selection at home. Whereas we've not really seen that away at times. You, know, you look back to the the Everton game; it was you know people thought Josh Murphy was going to come back in, and I think he was dropped for Harry Arter to come back in after his suspension, which made perfect sense because obviously you look at the 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 attacking the front four Everton have got with you know the spearhead by Richarlison and Sigerson behind him, so. It made sense why he wanted to pack out the midfield there, but same happened it, at West Ham again. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's almost not set up to do like they have done at home as well, which makes sense when you go and play some of the better teams because they could, you know, easily have been ripped apart at Goodison. But in the end, they, they defensively they were very good, and then getting done by a you know a bit of a sloppy goal with you know decisions that didn't go their way in the build-up. So there is that difference in setup we've seen so far, and it's you know it must go a long way to saying why they've only had was it one point from seven games away from home yeah and at some point sometimes they this season they haven't really decided whether they're going to counter attack or going to press high mm. they've, they've, they've done did, different yeah. things in different games in, in and, and I think sometimes you've and I, and I always say you've got to have horses for courses you've got to be able to adapt but for me they've done the wrong thing against the wrong team do you know what I mean they've probably against certain teams where you know uh, Huddersfield where you'd say right go and press them all over the park uh, didn't do it they didn't do it and then you know they go to say uh, an Everton and they say right we're gonna we're gonna sit back and try and counter attack so it's picking and choosing your moments I think as well and I think from the performance level you can see they, 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 they stand understand what they're gonna need to do in an away game for me now as well because what winning does at home is takes that pressure off to have to win away from home right so you can start and what it does as well for the opposition they start to think this is not the team that's coming that we're just going to roll over now these are not the relegation fodder that we get our three points from so psychologically it's not just playing well psychologically the opposition are going to start thinking differently 
about Cardiff City. So it's like the next stage in their development. It, it, it is. Team. It is. What happens now is you know when you when you would have gone to um, after Bournemouth and then going to Huddersfield, people were thinking, oh, easy three points. Yeah. Yeah, we can win this at the Canter. But the Watford bigger teams may still were be thinking, thinking that this weekend. Uh, Watford won't be after their two-two draw with Everton. That was a sickener, and I think they will be well aware. Watford are not a a glamour club. No, they're a, they're a quality team Strong with a lot side, of skill, yeah. powerful, and got like some real men in their team. Or I say real, real hard nuts, you know. And they're not going to be taking anything for granted, especially when you lose a goal so late on in a game that you should have won. So they're going to be looking for a bit of redemption, really, against Cardiff. But it's a great test for Cardiff because, you know, you've got to look at Watford's squad and how they play. And you've got to say they, they, they're comfortably a top 10 Premier League team. So, you know, you're going to have your work cut out. Absolutely. So it's a perfect, perfect game for me, for Cardiff, after the back, on the back of the wins, to go there and say, right, you know, are we going to say, right, sit in a big, deep defensive block, final third and counter-attack? Are we going to sit in the mid-block and try and play 50-50? Or are we going to go with a high press and really put the pressure on? Well, that's my next question. Does he stick with the same team, Ian? Or does he bring back that extra midfielder to be a bit more compact like he has done? It, it, it's a it's a balancing act for Warnock. Although most fans will probably say, stick with the same attacking side. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's part of the debate that we've discussed already. I mean, he has changed it and it's not worked so far. I mean, you even Huddersfield, they were down to 10 men for half an hour and... In the end, Cardiff could have got a result, but I mean, for 60 minutes, Huddersfield dominated that game, didn't it? It was only so, when they went down to 10 men that Cardiff even tried to attack, to be honest, doesn't it? Yeah, in exactly. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I can understand why a lot of fans would want them to at least have a go with that similar lineup, or if not the same, as long as everyone is fit, which they, they seem to be. So give it a go and take the game to Watford because I must admit, I thought Watford were impressive against Everton. They were the better team for, for long spells and. Quality, could really. could could have lost, but should have won. Bit of a ultimately. smile from you there when Nathan first mentioned that. Absolutely not. No, uh, but th- I, I feel they should have won. They were the better side, and you know the, the first goal for Everton was was offside, shouldn't have counted. So things didn't go their way either. They but started the, the season very well, Watford too. I think they they historically do, don't they? They, yeah. they tend to to dip in the. Yeah, in they the got a very half, good squad. Like, I love the Corey. I think he's, I think he's what for fans wouldn't thank me, but I think he's. You know, I, I'd I'd see him like in an Arsenal or a Spurs shirt or something like that. I think he's yeah. he's up there with that style. His goal was fantastic. I love that leap, that arriving late. But um, I think like Cardiff can go there, and they they just got to decide. I would play the same pick players. I would as well. Yeah. Uh, but I would say right, we're just going to sit a bit deeper, or we're going to press them high. You know, looking at um, Watford against Everton. They don't really look weak anywhere. Do you know what I mean? So it's a case of, in that scenario, I would probably say we're going to frustrate them and I'm going to make sure my two wide men are going to be on form to run today. Well, they are adding real width. It was Mm. refreshing to see Murphy and Mendes Lang against Hampton for me because I Mm. think they are the most comfortable, like you've said, Blakey, hugging the touchline, providing genuine pace, genuine Mm. width. Mm. Harris and Hoyle are great options, but I think those two... Possibly the best, especially yeah, kind of counter-attacking. I I, I'd agree, and you know, Mendes to come back off injury. Um, he was bright, wasn't he? I, you know, my sentiment on Mendes. He's 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 up there with Sullivan. He's 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 my uh, he's my uh, 
It's a hole at the pole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that might be going too far. Yeah, that might be going too fast. <laughs> it's not Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> it's mistletoe. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, these festive fixtures coming up are going to be a, a real test, aren't they? Um, yeah, we looked at the, the fixtures for Cardiff, and there isn't a sort of, well, Nathan said on the podcast before, there's no bankers, but these next ones are really. They could go either way, all of them really, couldn't they? Yeah, I mean, the last four, three away, Watford, Crystal Palace and Leicester, then obviously you've got the Man U fixture before Christmas as well at home, so realistically, can they win any four of them? Yes. Could they lose all four? Yes. I mean, it's You take you know, one win? Out, no. out of the four? Yeah. Uh, two. I, I, two? If, if, if they had a, a win and three draws, then maybe. But I think I think four points from those four wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a terrible return. No, it wouldn't be. I'd take five though. Five would be five would be nice. Yeah. That means they might have to beat Man United though. So. Well, there we are. But I mean, <laughs> it comes back to that. You know, that it's like Nathan said on teams would be looking at Cardiff thinking now. Oh, hang on a minute. They've, they've had this little spell where they've shown they are capable. They're not cannon fodder, and you know these are the teams that are outside of the you know. Both, yeah. Leicester and Palace, well, Palace particularly, you know, they're down the bottom end or look closer to Cardiff than the other two. But why, why shouldn't they be going there and saying, right, okay, we can get a draw, or you know, if things go our way, we can go and get a win? Mm. Yeah, and that same eleven's looking likely because I think Warnock has, has proven when he sort of finds a winning formula, he does tend to keep it. Yeah, obviously. And now it's the time to do it with the, with those games. You know, if, yeah. if you're going away to the Etihad or Stamford Bridge or something like that, you okay? If he changes it and goes defensive, you can fully understand, but. If he's going to do it, now's the time. Good stuff. Okay, let's have another short break then, and then we're going to fire some questions in Nathan's direction. Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk. Okay, Nathan, a flood of questions as normal from uh, Cardiff City fans who are, have been in good spirits the this week. wonderful Cardiff City fans, they've been on it, mate. They've been they they, absolutely they sensational. Sending tingles down my spine. Well, I've been uh, been taken aback, by, like Ian said before, some of the other journalists from other around, around the country reacting to Cardiff fans and, and being surprised by how loud I always, they are. I always, t- I always tell people a story when I went to Sheffield United and... Um, and they were saying about Newcastle were coming and Newcastle going for Europe and we were fighting relegation at Sheffield United and they brought 5,000 fans and I always tell people oh yeah 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 well, I just come from Cardiff you know and we won the third division um, and we took 5,500 fans to Scunthorpe and people always you know, don't be so stupid you know, take 5,500 travelling fans in the third division yeah, we did. Well, it was almost as loud as it is now. Last season, I think about ten thousand less uh, less supporters. So mm. they they make sure it's loud, whatever. Mm. Anyway, away form is uh, again the subject. A lot of these questions. We've got Chad Payne, David Francis, and Darren Brown all asking you the same question. Darren yeah, or okay. Darren? It's Darren again. Poof. Um, magic. <laughs> They're all asking, where is the first away win coming from? What game are you backing oh, the first away win of the season? Predictions. For um, so the next away game is obviously Watford. And you have to be a magician to get that right. Then Palace. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. Uh, I think uh, Palace. I think they're a hell of a team. I really do. But they've got some great players. But they're suffering from a confidence lapse at the moment. So I would say if there's anywhere you can go and try and get a result, it's probably 
Palace. It's a Boxing Day nice Christmas present for Leicester uh, or Newcastle. Yeah, over the next six, five, six games. Yeah, one of those three. Interesting. We'll have to. Uh, I hold you to that yeah. one. I'll record that as a little soundbite and then yeah. we'll play it back when yeah. uh, they win at Watford this weekend. Yeah. Um, Paul Grano says, "Is it wise for Cardiff to spend up on a big money signing in January, or do they have no option given Zahor's lack of progress?" They have no, they have no option. I said that you can't wait. It's half of the season's gone. I think in another three weeks we go back and we start all over again. I think. I think we're almost through yeah, all the, the second, fixtures. Second half, second half starts, of the season, yeah, yeah, in about another three weeks. So you know, and. This is not me illing out on Medine or Zohor, but this is football, mate. You know, this is a podcast. It's not for me to say, you know, uh, well, you know, give them a bit more time or this or that. I understand the realms of it. You know, I've been in amongst it. So I'm just speaking as a former footballer, what would have happened in my day? You know, it's going to be exactly the same. If you're not performing, we can't wait for you to start performing too long. We can't wait, but we can't wait too long. And then, on top of that, if a man's coming in who's not naturally his position and he's performing up and above where either of the other strikers have performed, and then, well, you've got, you've got a person, you've got January coming, you've got money in the bank, you're going to bring someone in, and why are you going to carry those two other wages? You, you're going to you're going to cut them. That's that's the way the game rolls. Well, do you sell? Do you, you know, sell? I absolutely. If I can. Yeah. If I can, I definitely. They've had their chance. Uh, and well, one of them for me, one of them I would try and get rid of in January transfer market, simply because, you know, if I'm bringing someone in, you know, <laughs> and it's financial fair plays, and I want to keep that balance, and it also allows me then back end of the transfer window if I got another possibility, if I get rid of that wage, I can bring someone else in. So, yeah, you, you know, you just don't want to be storing players for the sake of storing players because. At the moment, they don't seem to be applying any sort of pressure to Callum Patterson. Callum Patterson is performing the way he's performing simply out of his own pride and his, his, own, own, his own work rate, his, really. His isn't own it? his own self being. So, you know, you need you need is healthy in football. That's why you have eleven players on a pitch and squads of twenty five. You've got to have competition for places. As simple as that. Did you ever have a situation where you were uh, maybe had a, a bit of a a dry patch of goals in the first half of a season and then a, someone came in in January and it affected you either positively or negatively? Not really. I remember at... Because um, I was never really an out-and-out striker till I left Cardiff. Mm. I only really covered the position at Cardiff. And I remember going to Sheffield United and I had a great run. We got relegated on the last day of the season in some mad circumstances at Chelsea. And then we went away to Australia. We toured Australia at the end of the season we were the first Premier League team to do it fantastic trip we picked up a couple of players and when we got back pre-season it was my one and only pre-season now I, I didn't do nothing throughout the summer I thought I'm going to just rest my body right mistake worst thing in the world <laughs> worst, worst thing in the world you could do rest my body go on holiday didn't didn't come back overweight or anything like that you know I was young that time so you got a good metabolism but I just wasn't fit even by the time the start of the season kicked in. I just, I, my, I just, that split, no, I was fit, but that split second, that sharpness, it just wasn't there. And I know it was because 
of you know what I'd done this summer, and they had they had brought in Harry Bassett had brought in Carl Viet, and Carl Viet could run all day, and he then was in front of me, right, right, and Harry just called me in his office and said, "It's up to you. You're, you're my main striker, but if you're not performing, I'm gonna have to get someone who does." So I had to then go away, you know, speak to myself, have a good proper word, put some extra work in. And so you've been in the zone position, but absolutely, you, but you, absolutely, you reacted. Well, you've got to react. And Kenneth or, isn't. Listen, have you got the kind of attitude as when people says you can't, it drives you to do, to do more. That was kind of me. The more you told me I couldn't, the more I would, you know, try and succeed and prove you wrong. So you know, at this moment in time, we're saying it's kind of looks like. Not the end of the road for them players, but you understand now you're in a position where the club's got a wheel and deal. Yeah? It's not the end of the road, it's the roundabout that's very close to the end of the yeah. road. Yeah, so, you know, but it's never too late. Those players can still come back and have a, have a great second half of the season and leave an impression and be in the squad for another two or three years. Who, who knows? I think it's been summed up the way Neil Warnock's spoken about him, not just recently but in the whole time he's been at Cardiff there's always been that criticism lazy was a word he used when he first arrived and then recently said I can't honestly tell you what I think about him but every time he's still thrown him a bone he's still said go on mate rip up the league you're capable you've got this talent and you know it's, it's almost like you need that penny to drop and it's just it ain't happening is it so at what point do you say like you, you have to just cut your losses now or because you can't persist with it forever can no, you no absolutely not no um We've said it time and time again, and it's it, like you say, Nathan. It's coming towards the end of the road, but not still not quite there. Mm. Here's a good suggestion, or a sort of outlandish transfer suggestion from Gareth Boyd. More outlandish than my um, Ramsey. I think it's on my Baines. I, I think it's up there. Okay, I like that. Yaya Torre has terminated his contract Olympia with Olympiacos. Yeah. Would Nathan sign him for Cardiff? Uh, wage bill, he well, yeah, wage wage bill is is another matter on this one, isn't it? Um, I it's got you thinking this one, hasn't it? Yeah, it's it's not got me. It's it's it's, it's thought provoking in the sense that I'm looking to build something that in two, three, four years, Cardiff are well established in the Premier League. Does Yaya help her do that? Of course, but. Only on a short-term basis. How really. much is it going to cost me is my first thing. Who am I going to drop to play Yaya out of Arda, Gunnarsson? Because those two got legs, which Yaya hasn't. Am I going to... Victor would have to put be a man, in, Well, that's what I'm saying. You'd yeah. have to put him in a position where, you know... but. Could you have? Uh, could he have a like a Cantona Man United effect? I'm sure he could. It would depend a lot on what the player's thinking. If he's if if the player if I spoke to the player and he, I what I got from him was I can come and I'll just play. I would say no. But if I what I got from him and what I was explaining to him was I need you to come and lead this team to take it to the next level, and he's he's got that. And I always say the eyes don't lie, so. You get a good feeling about that, but if he was coming across and was saying, "Yeah, I want to help you build. I got another two or three years left in me. I want to do something significant, help you build something," then yeah, I would take him. Yeah. 
Very interesting. Very interesting. So it's not a case I just sign him because he's available. It's a very good suggestion from Gareth, mm. though, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a great. I seen it. I seen he was. Uh, they terminated by mutual consent uh, a few days ago. A few Premier League clubs mm. uh, sniffing about there. Right, let's have another break then, and then we'll review Nathan's predictions from last weekend, <laughs> and then we'll look ahead to Watford. Got a question for Blakey? Tweet us at Cardiff City Live. So Nathan, I have to say, um, not the best week for you last week. We'll give you th- it was three correct results, no correct scores, which I think is is. Uh, oh, goals crazy tonight, really. Yeah, maybe a bit too ambitious. <laughs> and you didn't predict the Cardiff win as well. I think for the first time Cardiff have won this season, and you haven't seen it coming. What, so what did I say? You said one all. So. I did say two one on commentary. Oh well, there you go. You change it just before the game starts. Yeah. That's, that's too easy. It was, all, yeah, it was almost like I, I, I didn't want to tempt fate. Yeah, well, it's getting towards that stage, isn't it? Yeah, with the uh, results being that important. So before we talk about Cardiff Watford, can you take us through what you think will happen this weekend, please? Yeah, why not? Um, Man City, Everton. Oh, it's not going to be a straightforward. So I'll go. I think Ian thinks it's going to be straightforward. For two that, one win. For that smile. I'll go two one win for Man City. Uh, Palace Leicester. I'm going to go a two one win for Leicester. Betting against Palace again. No, I went with them last week. Yeah, didn't I? I know. Did they lose last week? And the week before I went. And you, yeah, the week no, before, the week before you, I went with them. And they won. Yeah, and they lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you've gone, yeah, you've gone yeah. the opposite way around. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm going to go with a home defeat. Uh, Wolves v Bournemouth that should be a cracking game shouldn't it two attacking sides exciting to watch the pair of them aren't they yeah brilliant so I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw call the twos today you just love goals I do Uh, goals win games my friend Huddersfield Newcastle Um, I'm going to go with a wounded animal I'm going to go with a a 1-0 victory for Newcastle at Huddersfield there uh, Spurs Burnley I'm going to go with high flying Spurs after last night I'm going to go a 3 nilla. Yeah, should be straightforward that one yeah uh, Watford Cardiff Fulham West Ham mm, Derby uh, Fulham desperate for points West Ham playing well uh, let's go a 1-1 draw Southampton Arsenal I'm going to go a 2-0 win away for Arsenal Brighton Chelsea Brighton is such a difficult team to predict Uh, Chelsea on a roll I'm going to go another two goals for Brighton but three for Chelsea very interesting and then the big one Liverpool Man U uh, it'd be just like Mourinho to go and shut it down, wouldn't it? And then nick a 1-0 or something like Surely that. Surely not, though. Surely um, not. But with that Napoli result last night, I'm going to go 2 or 3. 2 or 3 for Liverpool. Depends on when a United you get. <laughs> oh, you're ready, do you? Are you not? Steady on. <laughs> who, who you Don't follow? you dare use that language are you, on it. <laughs> are, you, are you blue? Are you, are you Everton fan? Oh. Are you? Oh, okay. Uh, 
Well, you've gone, right? I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I'm going to go then. Okay, I'm going to go three to Liverpool and two to Man United. So a nice, exciting game for the weekend. Some more goals, Nathan, back in the, yeah, back in the strikers well, again this well, week in the Premier well. League. So Cardiff take, take the journey to Watford on Saturday afternoon. Mm, I'm we, commentating Saturday. We expect, uh, like you say, quite a physical, physical game. Watford... Uh, yeah. One of the few teams who will match Cardiff, I think, in that yeah, regard. So, yeah, yeah. what's your thoughts on the, how that one will pay out? I think I'm going to go with a 1 1 draw, right? Which is my heart really ruling my head. Mm. I think Watford might sneak it, but I'm going to I'm gonna go with a high flying conflict Cardiff to get a 1 1. Certainly on a roll, and uh, that'd be a bigger waypoint, wouldn't it, Ian? How do you uh, how do you see this one? Yeah, I mean, I think of the three away games that we mentioned coming up, this is probably the toughest one. You know, Leicester's no well, none of them are gimmies as we mm. as we know, but I, I think if he sticks with the same team against Southampton, they've got a, a real good chance of getting a point. So I'll say I'll say a score draw. I'm going to be negative this week, unfortunately. I'm sorry. I think I um, it has to be a bit of balance. So I think, like Nathan said, Watford are very good at home. Uh, I was back Cardiff to score in these games, so I'm going to go for two one to mm. Watford. But uh, that's my that's my head rather than my heart. But we'll see, we'll see what happens. All good. Yeah, yeah. Just you know. Nathan's giving me evils. <laughs> I'm going to end the podcast on that note. <laughs> Thank you both for your contributions Pleasure today. Pleasure, mate. Remember, you can Gents. subscribe, share, and rate us. We listen. We're available to listen on iTunes, Spotify, Wales Online, or Acast. And of course, head to social media to ask Nathan a question. Thanks for all those this week. But from the three of us this week, it's goodbye and thanks for joining us.